It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, September 23rd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is very happy to be going back to the Wells Fargo Center on Saturday for our first preseason game. Yeah, that should be fun. I won't be there till next week. Well, I will be there for you. You will. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I am here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on our episodes and all the Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, we are going to talk about all the Flyers news coming out of day one of training camp that includes an injury report. Uh, We've got a new medical staff on board, and we will be talking about Saturday's preseason matchup against the Boston Bruins. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe over there as well. Russ, we heard a lot of talk yesterday following those first skates from John Tortorella. And uh, speaking of torts, Uh, It was an all skating day, which I think we could have predicted. There were no pucks out there on the ice. Yeah, I would not have predicted that. You think? Yeah, because you know I'm 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 somewhere where there's a lot of hockey people, and um, one person had told me that they were surprised. Not only would he do that, but not do it in a closed camp situation. Do it so, like you know, for the first day of the media to see practice, you know, and I kind of agree with that. I don't understand the thinking. It's like you, you only have 18 days here. It's not like you have, you know, months like you Mm -hmm. used to a month and change. You've got games starting Saturday. If you're not in shape or some sort of shape already, what happened today isn't getting you in shape for Saturday. It's not. So it's more like a punishment than a, you know, than conditioning. Or a test, honestly. That that's the way he framed it, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Just to really get a sense of what shape people are in. But he also alluded uh, after the skate when he met with the media to it being sort of a how do you meet the moment in terms of the challenge. Now I'm not saying that I agree no, with I know. it necessarily, but I'm just saying this was his perspective on it. That um, he mentioned Nick Delorier in particular, and said, you know, maybe his skating didn't look the best, but he put forth the effort and skated all the way through hard to the finish line, especially when they were doing the suicide drills. And, uh, you know, here's I don't know. Let me ask you, do you think this is fair? So Antoine Roussel gets signed to a PTO. He flies into camp on Monday. 
And on Thursday, he's skating for 27 minutes. Like, that's not a lot of time to even get acclimated to where you are. Like, I just, I don't think it was good for everybody. I get what he's saying, and I get that he said that everybody got through it. Great. Of course, a hockey player is going to get through it. But in the end, I don't know what that taught, what that showed him, other than maybe a few did better than he thought. But I don't think it helped the team. I just don't. Well, I guess that is to be determined uh, if this was a good strategy for him. Uh, but I do think that was a statement mm-hmm. for sure that he mm-hmm. made, that he was drawing a line in the sand here about what he expects from people. And I think the other main part of it that stood out to me was that he said repeatedly about forget the past, everything starts now, this is a clean slate, Mm -hmm. and that you cannot, there are no expectations now, and that you know, he doesn't know these guys and he's going to get to know them. So there's no set expectations for anybody on this team. And uh, to me, that is like, you know, reading between the lines with him, which of course you have to do all the time. And there's two Mm -hmm. messages here. There's one for the players that your spot isn't guaranteed. And there's one sort of covering himself statement that like it's going to take a while here because I don't know these guys and I just thought it was a very interesting way to cover both of those bases in one shot but he's had months to look at tape and get to know these guys and he knows knows and he knows exactly so I don't buy any of that sorry I know that's what's funny about it is that he yeah. covered the league on TV. Of course, he knows who these guys are of and course. how they skate. I mean, he may not know them personally, no. but um, and I guess like knowing somebody in terms of how you see them in games versus how you see them in practice or in the locker room, those are different things. And I get that, but um, yeah, it was just really funny to me, like the way he was like very precisely framing yeah. everything. He's so good at that. Like this is going to yes. be fun, actually. Just of course it's going to be fun. It's going to yeah be like a challenge, actually. Yeah, I just enjoy it. Uh, just the little dance that he he does in uh, press conferences, and I think as far as individual player callouts. Uh, you know, those are also meaningful about who he chooses to mention. I mean, obviously people ask questions about mm-hmm. direct players, so he talks about them. But um, I think that, you know, him organically bringing up Delorier and then also talking pretty extensively about Kevin Hayes, that he really admires Kevin Hayes and that he's a guy that you can add more responsibility to his plate and, uh, he should be up for the challenge. Willie, he wasn't sure, but uh, <laughs> I think that he's definitely been a big focus of what Tortorella has talked about over the course of the last couple of months since he's been hired. Yeah, I mean, my again, my my feeling is with the 18 days that he has, uh, you're not going to get in much better shape than they are walking in now. If the Flyers had given all the players, you know, like some marching orders like two months ago, and maybe they did and they never, they're not going to tell us, then they would come into camp in really good shape. And, and, and that's probably what happened. So I just look at this as more of a show. Yep. 
That's exactly what it is. But like I said, I am absolutely enjoying every minute of it. You got your popcorn ready. (laughs) I do. And uh, John Tortorella also uh, put together with the Flyers group a letter to the season ticket holder. Yeah, I saw that. Which I just thought was, again, really precise, extremely well-focused, and kind of repeated some of the things about, uh, you know, we want to be tough to play against. Yeah. And that, you know, we want to wipe away the past and only look to the future. But I think that the other thing that came out of that letter and, you know, what he said and what Chuck Fletcher said was that expect there to be a decent number, you know, up to 10 guys under 25 playing on the ice for the Flyers this year. Well, now with all the injuries, sure. But would that have been the case (laughs) otherwise? I don't think so. I don't know. I I don't think so either. And that's what feels so strange about it is that uh, the assumptions that you would make going into it are not what they're saying. But I, I just find it difficult to believe that with all those veterans around and the PTOs that they brought in that they won't like say they want to play the kids and then just default back to the veterans. Right. I mean, they won't be able to, to some degree, because they just won't have enough spots because of injuries. Uh, I think when we get to the Chuck part, I can answer a part of this a little easier, Um, but you know, it's fine. You want to send a letter. I, I saw a lot of people answering that letter on Twitter by basically saying they're running out of patience to wait for them to be tough to play against. And then we'll get into the, the Chuck part of that. So, and based on, I guess the lack of people at the opening of camp that some people were taking pictures of saying it was pretty empty um, compared to previous camps. I, you know, I think this is a battle for the flyers to win back some of the fans that don't feel like showing up. Well, I will be there today, so we'll see if a Friday is different than a Thursday in terms yeah. of people's ability to show up with their work schedules, etc. You you mentioned Chuck Fletcher's portion of it. We will be getting to that coming up next, but first we're going to hear about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this week's games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, esport, uh, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So Chuck Fletcher also spoke to the media and to the fans indirectly about training camp kicking off. And it was primarily an injury report, which was very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, most of it we knew about in terms of, you know, the Sean Couturier injury. Obviously, we know about Joel Farabee and uh, we know about Bobby Brink, right? But there was one injury that I don't think we knew about ahead of yesterday's uh, opening of training camp. And then we got some more details. And uh, I think 
you will say I told you so about Ryan Ellis. But uh, Patrick Brown had off-season back surgery, apparently. Um, he's rehabbing right now. Chuck Fletcher said he was week to week, that he's skating, but he's like not really going to be out there. Uh, Bobby Brink is going to be back around December, January, supposedly, as of now, which is consistent with what they've been saying in the past about that injury. Uh, Joel Farabee was skating with Group D. Um, he said he feels good after the surgery. He's been lifting weights. Again, he's out there skating um, and he'll practice with the team, but he won't do scrimmages. Obviously, anything that requires contact. Um, Patrick Brown, total surprise. Like, who knew? Uh, there certainly was plenty of opportunities for the Flyers to update us on Patrick Brown, we didn't get it. So we have no idea when he had this surgery done. We have no idea what the timetable is for him. With many of these injuries, we have no idea what the timetable is. Much of it is not set. Um, you know, with, with the Ryan, the one thing I found interesting with the Ryan Ellis is that we now have confirmation. It's like four different things. And we also now have confirmation that John Torrello would like him to be around the club. Okay, but he also has to rehab. So how is that all going to work out? Like, I think it's nice to say he wants them to be a part of it. I do think that's a good idea. But again, if Ryan Ellis at some point early in the season, you know, kind of says to himself, this is maybe not going to work out. And, uh, you know, and I might have to be on LTIR the rest of my contract. Yeah. Is that really the best thing to have this injured guy around the team this whole time? Like, it, 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 it could work against you too. Yeah, I think Torts said something to that effect that he doesn't want too many of the injured guys around, but some of it is important for cohesiveness and he's trying to figure out that balance there. Um, it was really disconcerting to hear more of the specifics of Ryan Ellis's injury and that this could really be career threatening for him. And that's really the first time they've said like, oh, yeah, this is yeah. something that is very unusual, oh. and he could never play. And we speculated about again. that, you know, a few months ago, but you never know. But the thing is, we also kind of felt like, hey, is there a surgery that could help this? But I guess if you have like four things, three or four things wrong, a surgery may not, you know, be the fix-all here. So mm -hmm. it, it doesn't look great as far as that goes. And honestly, with Sean Couturier, I think we just got a little bit more info that, yes, it's from the same surgical area. It's sort of normal, but it's not normal because he's, you know, like it's just there was a mixed message of that, a mixed bag of whatever. Yeah. And, and he's week to week as well, which is really month to month. Yeah, I, I would say that as well until we know what the second opinion says and then what decision they make going from there. Um, I think as of. Um, yesterday when they were talking about it, he was in the process of getting that second opinion. So we still don't know yet. And uh, I think somebody had asked if Couturier's career was at risk and Chuck Fletcher was like, oh, hold up. Yeah. Hello. No, and I don't blame you know? him for saying that. <laughs> yeah. I, think I think it's too soon for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. But something that Chuck did say after he was allowing questions after his filibuster or injury report, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. Um, he was talking about the rebuild 
which is the first time he used the word rebuild and was talking about rebuilding what needed to be rebuilt. So I went back and thought about it. Like if you have a car, we've all had cars with like rebuilt engines, right? And you wouldn't go back and rebuild the engine of your car if it's rusting out, would you? Because you know that at some point the engine is just going to drop out and you've now wasted your money on this. So now it seems like the Flyers, because they're talking about a rebuild for whatever needs to be rebuilt, well, looking at things now, a lot more needs to be rebuilt than was previously talked about uh, a few months ago. And my worry for the franchise is you're going to go and push the rebuild back at least another year because you're going to pretend that you're sort of in it this season, maybe you're not, and not commit to a rebuild and still play veterans that maybe you wouldn't be playing. Because obviously if you're rebuilding – you would have done something with JVR by now. Like he wouldn't even be on the team and you would make other decisions, but they're in this weird um, space right now. Yeah. And I think that's where this messaging shift of developing from within, and we're going to have up to 10 players, 25 or younger making this team to kind of emphasize the draft and develop side of things, because that's what you do when you're in a rebuild, right? You have some of these younger guys playing, Mm -hmm. Um, to get the experience. And, you know, I think that in some ways they could be attempting to model after the LA Kings, right. In in terms of, of how they did the rebuild with just kind of letting the kids play. But again, we don't know if that's going to happen or not. I think time will tell in this preseason, but I definitely feel that messaging shift happening. Yeah, there's no question it shifted. My only response to the Kings part would be, uh, while the Flyers have a good volume of, uh, of of young players, they don't have as many quality ones as the Kings do. They do not, which is, uh, I think, I hate to say it that problem. way, but it's just the way it is. No, I think it's absolutely true. Now, could some guys surprise us? Yes, Because always. they just haven't been in the right circumstances? Sure. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of what they're hoping for, that the volume is so high that if one or two of them hit, then that's pretty good right? Mm-hmm. for for this season. So um, I think the other part of it, of, of what Chuck Fletcher had to say related to this is goalie depth. And he spoke specifically of developing goalies from within and getting away from the signing of the career backup goalie. As Although they did second. it again this year. They did. That's again, what was confusing to me. Why did you um, do that? If you, you have Grosinic. Right. Why would you sign him if you don't have to sign him or don't want well, to, or. Yeah. I, he definitely oversold Grosinic because. Oh, I'm sure. He. Uh, He's a solid AHL goaltender, but Mm -hmm. to even suggest that he is a reliable NHL backup at this point is, I think, ludicrous because we don't know that. It is absolutely a reach. Now, could he be? Sure. I don't know that. Don't want to, like, slander him as a goaltender. No, I mean, look, he was on a good union team that that mm -hmm. won it, but that's the same team that Shane Gossespierre was on. It's a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that he really is depending on Felix Sandstrom, try to like pump his tires. Yeah, a which is bit. okay. I don't mind yeah. that. 
Yeah, and I just think that, um, again, a little bit of mixed messaging here where you were trying to say, oh, yeah, Felix Sandstrom will be fine and and we want to develop our goaltenders that we have. And yet at the same time, Grosinek is part of the team and has an NHL contract. So um, many things remain to be seen as, as far as goaltending goes. And I'm very interested to see who gets this first preseason game. And uh, I assume it's going to be a split duty, but like who? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I would do Carter Hart for the first period and a half and, and then let Sandstrom finish it. I, that's the way I would do it too. Uh, I think it makes sense. You know, there was mention of Carter Hart and the uh, Hockey Canada uh, investigation. Chuck didn't really want to talk about that. Chuck didn't really want to talk about Fedotov. It's like, like I get it that there's sensitive situations, but I, I feel like there was probably a little more light that he could have shed on Fedotov because he could freeze that that contract. Like that's, you know, if you mm-hmm. remember, we talked about this offline, and you know, my source there said that that's what's probably going to happen here, is that they will freeze the contract, and then other things will happen with Fedotov and the league. He'll probably get traded and blah blah blah. But he didn't even want to go there, and no, I, I don't know. Again, I think. You could say that. I think it would be. I think at this point, withholding on Hart, fine. I get it. It's it's Hockey Canada. You can move on from that. But Fedotov, you certainly could have answered your portion of this. And you know, I think it. I think these days the fans need as much information as possible because I'm seeing a lot of fans that are just a little distressed, a little disillusioned, and I really do think they want more transparency. I do. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been very interesting on that front with the way they've been doing the messaging and uh, what they're holding back, I think, is, is a, a little bit more telling, to be honest. But uh, what they did tell us yesterday was that they hired some medical and equipment staff. So we're going to mm-hmm. talk about that and do a brief preview of the game against Boston coming up next. So, Russ, we have a new head athletic trainer in Tommy Alva, who had previously been with Atlanta, of all teams. Oh, Atlanta. Uh, Yeah, that was how long ago? Yeah, uh, Dallas and Florida. Um, So, yes, have have had some recent experience as well. I just thought it was uh, interesting. He went all the way back to the Thrasher's days. Uh, Jeff Taylor is the new physical therapist and rehab coordinator. Uh, interesting hire because he came from the L.A. Dodgers in baseball. So uh, somebody not directly coming from hockey. And this is a very key role for the Flyers because he's yes. the guy responsible for rehab and getting guys back into the game safely and effectively, which is. Well, he's got his work cut out already. Mm hmm. So uh, I'm interested to see how that goes this year with a new staff around I mean, him. I'm going to give you um, a guess why they maybe went Dodgers. Over the years, the last two or three years, um, Ned Coletti, who used to be, I think, I know he was an assistant GM, but he may have got, I think he was a GM for the Dodgers for a while, had been doing some hockey scouting, and he had come through Philly like two or three mm-hmm. times. So I kind of wonder if, you know, he has spoken with the organization about certain things and maybe that's where he 
they got a recommendation from because I had seen Ned Coletti's name on a list a few times, and he's more known for baseball than anything else, obviously. Yeah. Um, news on uh, former medical staff, Jim McCrossin, um, is staying with the Flyers as an advisor to the organization. So I think that's just sort of like a emeritus kind of position, yeah. but but he'll stick around a little bit. But Sal Rafa, uh, both of whom were involved in a lawsuit against the team, but I believe they dropped that lawsuit. But so Sal will not be with the team. Okay. That's my answer. Okay. <laughs> so we'll see how this new team uh, keeps this Flyers organization running uh, as far as the player health goes. We know that's been an issue. So hopefully this new team can uh, provide a, a better service than what we have seen over the past several years. Um, again, we do not know what the lineup will be on Saturday's game as of recording today's episode. But Are all 71 guys going to play? Right. You have to believe it's going to be prospect heavy with the minimum number oh, yeah. of vets playing. Um, I, I think that you have to play you know, six, something like that. Yeah. So maybe, you know, one forward on each line and, uh, you know, a couple of defensemen and then Carter. Goal, I guess Carter yeah. Art would count yes. um, if, if he plays, but um, you know, he may they may want to throw two of the other goaltenders out there just, they might. you know, just to see how that goes. But I really think in terms of guys that need to make an impression, it's really like those second tier guys that aren't borderline right now. So like your Isaac Radcliffe, Tanner Lazinski, Wyatt Absolutely. Wiley. Yeah, that is the that is the tier of player that has to make an impression in this first game to get a shot at one of the other games. Right. Because otherwise there's going to be quick, quick cut downs and guys being sent down. You're right. Yeah. And it, it's to show consistency. Right. So if you don't play well in that first game you're not going to get to prove that you can play consistently and i think that's Plus, i think torts is going to call is. the herd faster than we've seen before yeah i think so as well and i think secondarily the vets that are in this first game are going to have to show that level of effort that torts wants and step mm -hmm. up as leaders to kind of earn their keep so to speak and uh, so it'll be, I think, a good balance, honestly. But I'm very interested to see who is in this lineup and how they combine them in different line combinations and to see who takes the lead on each of these lines, right? And who's the playmaker and who's the shooter and um, are, are anybody going to play sort of outside the bounds of their normal highlight skills, right? It'll all be interesting. All right, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing slash gritty. I'm actually really excited to talk about this one, Russ, because we had the season premiere of Abbott Elementary the other night, and uh, it was pretty heavily gritty themed. Uh, made a an appearance on the show, uh, and the uh, storyline was that Janine... Uh, who's the main character played by Quinta Brunson, who is, of course, a Philly girl. And uh, she 
supposedly gets gritty to come to the school on for the first day with all the kids, but wackiness like a show ensues. and tell. Yeah, it's like there's some wackiness that ensued because of a mix up, but uh, there were some they incorporated gritty into multiple storylines of the show, and it was tremendous. And I love Abbott Elementary, they did such a good job with it. And there's some really good Eagles content in there as well, because the principal uh, decided to use the school parking lot as a, par- a parking lot for an Eagles game to make some okay. extra money. I've never watched was, the show, I've heard of it. Oh, uh, it's it so good, it's so funny, and it's like very unusual, I think, for a network sitcom to be this level of quality and get the awards nominations these days. And uh, it's just, you know, a show that's very funny with a heart of gold and great performances. So. I have one fun thing I want to add. You know, I'm at the USHL Fall Classic and I was watching Cole Knubel play and he that's Mike Knubel's son. And he scored a goal, first goal of the game. And for the second straight year, they butchered his name. And Mike Knubel's literally two seats away from me, and they're like <laughs> Cole Nubel. And oh, it's like, no. oh, yeah. And this is the second year in a row. Like, they just can't get it right. It's awful. Uh, so disappointing. And it's like, he was an NHL player. You would think they would know. I know. But, but alas. All right, that will do it for today's show. We will be back again on Monday. We'll bring you all the latest news from training camp. We'll recap Saturday's game against Boston, and it'll be Monday, so we'll have our nemesis of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. So stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL. Have a great weekend, everybody.